This episode is brought to you by KX Pilates Cottesloe. From beginner to advanced, their modern studio has classes to suit you and your goals. It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Hello, Left of Field listeners. I am Danny Kavanagh, back again in your ears with another ripping episode. Today, I'm joined by Sydney Swans defender, Robbie Fox. Now, this young lad is currently injured. He broke his finger in the preseason, but he's back on the track and he's hopefully going to run out for the Bloods in round seven. So get excited because not only are Sydney flying at the moment, this is one young man that is going to make his mark on the team and hopefully bring the to finals. He is a genuine, hardworking bloke. He does a lot of great work in our community, and it was really great to grab some of his time. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's go. Robbie Fox, welcome to the Left of Field podcast. How are you going today? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for having me. That's good. Now, let's give us an update. How is the injury? How is the finger going? Tracking pretty well now. Five weeks post-op. I think the first couple of weeks were pretty difficult. Not being able to do anything with my finger. Couldn't run, couldn't move your arm sort of thing. It's uh, tracking pretty well. Back running. Get the brace off next week. Hopefully three weeks away from playing. That is very good news. Now, how frustrating is that? Can you tell us about how you got the injury, obviously, in pre-season, heading to a new season where you really want to make your mark in this up-and-coming Sydney side and you get an injury like this? How have you dealt with it mentally? Yeah, it's quite frustrating train all pre-season and off-season sort of for the upcoming season. And it was our last practice match against the GWS Giants. And yeah, I just got my finger caught in someone's jumper and all of a sudden the tendon snapped. I didn't feel it and I just couldn't bend my finger. So I sort of taped it up, played the rest of the game with it. And then afterwards had scans and they showed a rupture of my tendon. So I was thinking maybe you know, two to three weeks, hopefully back by around one or two. Yeah, they said surgery and on the sidelines up to eight weeks. So it is frustrating, but um, I guess this year there is 23 games or 22, 22 games. Games are long, so it is going to be a long season. So having a set date of getting back by round seven I think sort of helped me. Um, I think if I sort of did it in the middle of the year and I missed you know, eight to nine weeks in the middle of the year would have been a bit tougher. Sort of having a set sort of timeline sort of helped with sort of my mental state going into the season. Who would have thought those little bones in your finger could cause so much damage? Now, you mentioned you were feeling really good in pre-season. In the off-season, you got delisted but then picked back up, which is excellent news. And how were you tracking, though, in the in the pre-season? How was your fitness? How are you looking heading into uh, this season and hopefully running out in a few weeks? Pretty good, I think. Um, I always pride myself on being pretty fit, so... My fitness was right up there again this year, sort of finding my sort of feet down back this year or last year. So having a great preseason sort of down back again. So it was one of those ones where, you know, every year you sort of try and improve on what you can and get through the running and all the hard sort of training prior to game starting. So then, you know, when games are starting, you started hitting a bit of form, playing down back. But yeah, one of those little injuries is quite annoying, but I guess you can sort of hold your hat on having a strong preseason, so you sort of don't lose it as well. You might lose a little bit of touch coming back, but because I've had such a strong preseason, hopefully I can ride in in a few weeks' time. 
we can't not talk about the flying form that the Sydney Swans are in and the young guys that are really dominating. How exciting is it to have this young group of guys who are all kind of coming together and really dominating the league when no one else thought that you guys would maybe even be competitive this season? Yeah, it's good to see. Like, in-house, we've always believed that we've got a fair bit of talent on this list. And last year, we thought we played some pretty good footy at times. But, you know, we have lapses in games that probably cost us some close games last year. And then we have some key personnel coming back, and Isaac, Bud, Dane Rampey. So they've always had those leaders out there sort of help. But, yeah, these young boys, we knew they were good, but we didn't know they were going to, you know, hit, it, hit the ground running so quickly in the season. Yeah, they just bring heaps of energy to the team. They play their role, and they're going to have to... Get some more respect soon, I think. You know, teams are so focused on worrying about our top-end players and Callum Mills and Isaac Keeney. I think they're going to have to start worrying about people like Chad Warner and Dan Wicks pretty soon. So it, it is exciting, especially this year. With the long year, we're going to have to have, you know, 40, 40 people couldn't healthy because of injuries and then form and whatnot. So when um, young players are playing well, it um, makes everything much better. Um, there's some pretty good players in the twos at the moment, so it's exactly what we need. Yeah, you guys seem like a, a very cool, very good-looking young team at the moment. What's the vibe like? How was the hub last year for you? Did you all really get to bond? And who are some weird characters in the group? Because everyone's very <laughs> interested in development players and you've got Buddy and all of that, but who was someone that we might not know, you know, kind of sparks the boys up a bit? I think the hub life was really good, actually. We got to travel around a bit, especially with going on. A lot of people couldn't travel. So for us to go into a little bubble in Perth and then to Cairns and then to Queens, uh, and then to uh, Brisbane, quite enjoyable. Pretty public knowledge, I think Tom Papley is someone who really sparks the boys in games and off the field. Maybe one of the younger boys, someone like Justin McInerney also sparks the boys' energy pretty well. I guess because, like a lot of clubs, uh, most boys aren't from New South Wales, so everyone's pretty close up here. We had a few tight-knit groups. Um, yeah, we just seem like we have a good bond up here. Yeah, and you all like to very immaculate on the field. Who t- who takes a little bit more time in front of the mirror? I think some boys don't really care, but I think you know in pre-season you don't see that many haircuts, and then now games start coming around. There's a few haircuts mm-hmm. on a Thursday night. Some uh, Perth boy and Chad Warner. He actually spends a lot of time playing with his hair. You wouldn't think <laughs> so with a horrible haircut, but he actually spends yeah, a lot of time in the mirror. Yeah, I guess I guess a lot of boys, a lot of the younger boys, take pride in their appearance. You could say. Now, you mentioned how you're pretty keen for a longer season. A lot of people are maybe complaining about the longer games or too many games this season compared to last. But you are someone who is very fit. You're actually one of the fastest players, one of the most elite runners at the club. Where has that come from? Was it? I think I was pretty naturally fit when I was younger. I just played a lot of sport. I think playing basketball, footy, and you know, just school cross countries and whatnot kept me pretty fit and I enjoyed the running side and fitness side of sports. Probably wasn't until my second year at Coburg when I was playing in the BFL. So I moved to Melbourne just for uni before I got drafted and I was sort of at college partying, not really taking footy serious at all. But And then Peter German, coach of Coburg, told me thought I had some AFL attributes and if I sort of knuckled down, I could really you know, maybe give AFL a shot. So that pre-season, I had a really big pre-season and got my running form back and got back to like elite-level fitness going into that second year at Coburg before getting drafted. And then that's something I've always prided myself on. I know if I can you know, have a strong pre-season each year and get myself physically fit, then hopefully I can transfer that into game. I guess now it's having a balance. Sometimes you can overdo it. You can over overtrain, and there's no point being super fit if you're carrying injuries. So yeah, it's something I've always prided myself on. 
off season going back to Tassie and getting myself in good shape so I can attack pre-season and not worry about the fitness side of things because my fitness space is there and worry about the fitness. Yeah, how do you decide if you want to be a bit of a bigger body or if you want to be more, you know, leaner to be able to run around? I think I just sort of, you sort of talk to the coaches. At times they want me a bit bigger if I'm playing a bit more key, but uh, I think whatever works for me at the moment, if I'm just a little bit lighter, I feel like I can run across the ground much better and I'm not sort of, you know, slugging across the ground and feeling heavy out there. So I think what works for me, I found last year I was a little bit lighter after the COVID break and still strong, but a little bit lighter. So I think whatever sort of works with me and, you know, you talk to the coaches, if you're getting too skinny or too small, I'm sure they'll tell you to put some weight on. You mentioned basketball earlier as, you know, the sport you kind of started in. Do you ever consider taking that one professionally? I believe you already have a playing card of you out there. Oh, I didn't know I had a playing card at basketball, but I I really enjoy basketball. My family was a big basketball family growing up, and it wasn't until later years of high school that I sort of got into schoolmates. Yeah, I think it was after under-20 nationals basketball, that's sort of like the cut-off line. So if you don't really go to college or want to pursue NBL, it's sort of not a great pathway. Moving to Melbourne for uni, so I was thinking it had to be footy or basketball, and I think footy is just better atmosphere in Melbourne for football, playing local footy, playing with mates, basketball. There wasn't heaps of clubs and whatnot. So I think when I was about 19, I chose this. Now, you got drafted quite late at the age of 23. Do you think that kind of gave you enough pre-seasons in the VFL to kind of get yourself ready for AFL footy? Uh, Yes and no. I think if I got drafted at 18, I would have been out of the system by 20. I don't think I was ready. But yeah, I think it had a need. I was 23 for Sydney. I think, yeah, physically, I was ready for AFL when I was 23 or 24, but I still, probably because I was coming from local footy in a fair way back, I still didn't really understand how AFL sort of operates and what you need to do on field as well, the running patterns, the demands of AFL footy. So it still took me a few years to, I think, find my feet, even though I think I was physically ready. Yeah, for me, I'm pretty happy um, getting drafted a bit later because, as I said, if I got drafted at 19, I think I would have lasted one or two years. It took you a while to kind of find your spot as a defender. How do you think you're going to go this season? Do you think you'll be able to break into the Sydney side once your finger has healed and you'll be able to really take that position and make it your own? How is the defence going and do you like playing down there or do you wish you got to go forward a bit more like you used to? No, I love playing down there. I've always wanted to be a defender, just my early days of Swans, um, the defence was pretty settled. We had a lot of experience down there. So there was an opening up forward. So they threw me up forward and just play around forward to get a game early days. No, I do not want to go back up forward. I really dislike that position. So I quite enjoy playing down defence. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully if my finger here was all good and I get my movement back and see how I train in the next couple of weeks, hopefully I can slot back into the team pretty soon when I'm a when I'm available, but at the moment, yeah, you can't complain. They're doing pretty well at the moment. It's quite nice to see how midfield doing their thing, getting the ball into our forward line a lot more this year, which is pretty helpful. Yeah, not defending so deep. I think we've used to spend a lot of time in our defence the last couple of years. So it's nice for the first three games not to spend uh, too much time. Yeah, you did spend, I guess, maybe what everyone considered your rebuilding phase. The team really focused on a strong defence, and this year they've moved to offense you know scoring more goals getting the ball moving a bit quicker do you think that is due also to the rule changes or have you guys had a talk about changing the game plan yeah i think so a little bit of a rule change i think the rule changes encourages attacking football so i think everyone has to 
adapt to attacking football or they might be left behind because it's a lot harder to defend these days. I think no, I think it wasn't a goal of ours last couple of years to defend so deep. It was just maybe the young boys still getting used to AFL footy or whatever it might be. We always found ourselves defending sort of last line in defence. I think this year... With um, the inclusion of Tom Hickey, has really helped us as well. Callum Mills into the midfield, having a more dynamic midfield, I think, also helping us keep the ball forward. But no, nah, it definitely wasn't a set plan to defend so deep the last couple of years. Yeah, at the moment we're defending the ball quite high up the ground, which is good, so I hope we can keep that going. KX Pilates in Cottesloe has officially opened. And if you're a big Pilates fan like me, this would be music to your ears. Now, Cakes Pilates has been around for a while and the team at Cottesloe is ready to help you experience a revolutionary, fast-paced, high-intensity body-toning workout in just 50 minutes. Their motto, workout smarter, not longer. Now, I've tried the classes here. They have some really great teachers who really give you quite the workout and you were left a big sweaty mess. They have brand new beds there that I actually haven't seen in any other studio and they're really cool. Plus, KX takes Pilates to a whole new level. You really feel the toning in all your muscles. My abs are always really sore. So if you want to give KX a go, why not use the code LEFTERFIELD and become part of the KX family? I promise you, you won't regret it. It is an amazing workout for all levels, whether you have never tried Pilates before or you are a bit of a Pilates freak. I hope to see you in some classes soon. You have done a lot around the space of mental health in the game, men's mental health specifically. Sorry, I couldn't get that word out today. Well, how important is it for you about having those conversations and talking about feelings? Is it because you've been through tough times like injuries or what have you seen? Why are you so passionate about it? Yeah, I think I think it's a pretty big focus up here just to talk about how you're going, realising everyone's got their own struggles, you know, each struggle's pretty unique as well. So you never compare your struggles with someone else because you start comparing your life or your struggles with someone else, um, I feel like you're always uh, still losing sort of battle. But no, I think I sort of just got into it because I think I was a goal setter a little bit younger and you sort of try and find that happiness through goal setting. So, you know, you play one VFL game, you tick that goal and then you think you're happy, but you're not happy. So you try and, you know, hit another goal to get drafted. Okay, you get drafted. Oh, all right, I'm happy for a day or two. But now what's the next goal? So play an AFL game. It's always... That goal setting, which is great to have, but if you're using that just to fuel your happiness, I feel like it was a pretty dangerous sort of lifestyle. Yeah, I sort of just spoke to the psychologist about how I was going, where my head was at, and that I found that unless I was achieving stuff, I was I didn't feel like I was fulfilled or had a purpose. So yeah, I, I, I don't know how I sort of got into it, but I just felt like, yeah, people needed to hear that everyone has their own little struggles. And then I think throughout the work with the Black Dog, we sort of get, get into high schools and it's great to hear some high school stories I'm thinking of about 15 or 16 year old kids who especially these days with social media are always comparing themselves to other people and you know you sort of get back and talk to them about how everyone has those sort of struggles you know self other players can um, fall into the trap of social media and looking at other people's life or comparing ourselves with other players and thinking that you know their life's perfect and why isn't my life perfect but uh sort of they have to reflect and um, practice gratitude to realize you know we are pretty lucky and whatever happening in your life is definitely some positives you can take out of it. But yeah, so basically with Black Dog, we can just get back to schools and I guess give some kids some tools to help them come out of some dark places and know that everyone has these type of thoughts, but it's not the end of the world. 
friend with you know other great day that can really sort of snap out of these dark moods because everyone goes through uh, everyone goes through them. Yeah, no, that partnership you have with them and the webinars and all the different talks that you do to kids around the country is really great and it's really opening up the conversation. So thank you for that. And it's not only Black Dog, an organisation that you're really closely connected to. You've also done a lot for multiple sclerosis and you've actually ridden. I heard you're a big bike rider and how is that raising money? Yeah, I wouldn't say I was a big bike rider. At the moment, I quite like cycling. I literally bought my bike two weeks before that ride, so that was a bit of a struggle. But no, that was good. My mum's got MS, so it was quite nice to do a bike ride and do something for her. And um, Yeah, that was pretty early days. That was about four years ago, but I enjoyed yeah, doing that charity ride and raising some money for people with MS because I guess I said it firsthand with my mum and the struggles that she goes through day in, day out. So yeah, that was quite nice. How exciting was it for her to see you, you know, make your AFL debut? Was she able to come to the game? When you play, does she come regularly to games? Yeah, yep. So my first AFL game was back in 2017 in Melbourne. So the whole family came over for that. They try to. I guess it's always hard. Oh, last year was hard with COVID. And before that last year, I was sort of in and out of a team. So it was quite hard for them to plan if I was going to play or not um, until Thursday night. So they try to come to a lot of Melbourne games just because my brother's in Melbourne and it's quite easy for them to get across. So I think we might only have five or six Melbourne games a year. So if they can try and get to like four games, they'd be pretty happy. But yeah, they try and get to Sydney, but sometimes just with mum's MS, Sydney might be just a bit too hot for her and a bit too hard. So yeah, they try and get to most Melbourne games if they can. That's lovely. And so besides riding your bike and, you know, working with Black Dog, what else do you like to do away from the footy field? Who is Robbie Fox? Uh, at the moment, it's pretty footy, 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 just with an injury, just because I'm capable of doing much other things with one arm. But I study at the moment. I'm still trying to finish my uni degree. What I, are you um, studying? I started a teaching degree back in 2013 and completed three years before getting drafted. So I'm slowly still ticking that away. I've got one subject and a bit of placement to go. So I'm quite um, excited to finish that. And then outside of the uni uh, and teaching side of things, I, I do a couple Bachelor's in business, and the business world sort of interests me a fair bit through early days. And then basically just like catching up with mates, hanging out with my girlfriends, and watching um, Married at First yeah. Sight. I hear you're watching a bit Married of a fan. You're a bit of a fan. Is that TV show really got your interest? I think so. And especially the last six weeks we've been in rehab. I think yeah, it's, it's quite funny at times. You know, seeing certain people act, but also realizing that you know, I'm sure they're not out of people out in the real world but uh <laughs> yeah i'm sure that would have told you that we sort of love to sit down and watch that at 7 30 that's quite nice but outside of that usually just trying to get busy i'm not a type of person who likes to sit around and play playstation or do nothing so if i have a bit of spare time hopefully i can read or listen to a podcast or research or go for a walk or a hike or whatever it may be so something that just sort of keeps the mind ticking over i think is uh yeah Yeah, sounds like you're doing a lot, which is really great. Yeah, Beck did mention that. You're probably Australia's (laughs) number one married at first sight fan. More than anyone. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. I think it's probably 25% of the team up here. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I like to ask all my guests on the show to leave our listeners with a motto or some words that they like to live their life by. Is there anything that has helped you in your life? I think it always changes because when I was younger, 
it was to sort of have fun. And then, and then over the last five years, was always to achieve goals. And now it's my motto probably is just my motto now. It'd be hard to actually have a motto, but it's the key words of just being happy and content and always having that purpose. And I think riding different things down each day sort of probably how I sort of get a motto out of my life. Uh, my nan passed away not long ago and her motto was to live a simple and rich life. So the last couple of weeks I've sort of thought of that. I'm just living a basic, rich life. That's great. I'm sorry to hear about your nan, but it's lovely that, you know, her words can kind of live on through you each day and it's a nice little memory. But thank you so much for giving up your time today. Really exciting to hear that you are on the right track, getting fit, and we will hopefully see you out in round seven of this season. How do you think Sydney are going to go? Do you think you guys will be making finals? Oh, we have to be optimistic every year. You know, it's still a long season. Winning the first games is definitely handy. So let's see how we can do. And it's definitely play finals. How great was that? Robbie is a ripper bloke. And so thanks, Robbie, for giving up your time. And I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you're excited as me to see him back out and playing. If you enjoyed this episode, why not share it or send it to somebody else who you think might like it and spread the left of field community? I would really appreciate it. I will be back again in your ears next week. So keep listening, stay connected and uh, have a great week. Goodbye.